Connecting the SWAC, the MEAC, SIAC, and the CIAA, the HBCU experience lives here. It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway. Welcome into another edition of the HBCU Report being brought to you by SportsNewsAndBrews.com, your official source for sports, black news, political news, and the latest on your favorite craft beers. I am Rob Calloway. Happy holidays to you and yours. Hope you all are doing well during this holiday season. So much has uh, transpired since uh, we last spoke, and it's been a while since we last spoke. Um, Shouts out to everyone that came out in droves Saturday uh, for the the big game over at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium between the SWAC football champions and the MEAC football champions, South Carolina State University Bulldogs. Uh, Shouts out to Coach Buddy Pugh on another uh, conference championship. I want to say another black college national title, but, you know, because we don't have that definitive champ, and I've talked about this for years, we don't have that definitive champ. Uh, We've got a lot of folks crowning different champs. Somebody's crowned Fam Utah champs. Somebody's crowned the SWAT champions, the the uh, the champs. So uh, you got South Carolina State being crowned the champs. I mean, it's crazy. And then of course you got those Division two schools that nobody's even thinking about, nobody's even talking about. And so uh, I'm just gonna say uh, congratulations to all the teams that did well this season. I I can't crown a champ. I can crown a a a, a champion if we talk about the game Saturday. That would be South Carolina State who won 31-10, it would be them. But, of course, you know that's subjective. So, ah, it is what it is. So, just congratulations to everyone on an outstanding uh, HBCU football season. And now that it's over, I'm excited, man. I'm about to get back to work full-time, man. I kind of – I'm not going to say I was protesting football season for real, for real, you know, but, you know, I've been focused on me. You know, that's the thing. I've been focused on me. Football season is over. You know, and and not counting last fall, COVID, but, you know, counting all of the football seasons that that I've covered going back to 2008 when I was over when I when I was over at V103, 2000. Yeah, 2008. Well, actually, let's go back to 2006 when I was at 680 The Fan. Right. By the end of football season, I'm always 20 pounds heavier, maybe 25 pounds heavier. Right. You know, this is the, the first fall of focusing on me. Where when football season kicked off, I was 175. And when it ended Saturday for the HBCU Saturday, when it ended Saturday, I was 170. Yes, I have focused on me. Me and my running have gone to absolute new heights. So there's that. I mean, you know, folks always tell me I downplay my, my fitness and, and, and the, the weight loss that uh, I've gone through the weight loss transformation that I've gone through. But, you know, I try not to bore people with that, man. But here comes a shameless plug. If you're on the Nike Run Club app, you can follow me at Tracaveli, T-R-A-C-K-A-V-E-L-I. All right, Tracaveli. All right, so there's been a lot of hirings going on uh, throughout the HBC landscapes. Going back to uh, prior to the season, we had uh, Eddie George and, and uh, Hugh Jackson uh, land up at Tennessee State. Um, then we had Eddie Robinson, former uh, Tennessee Titan, another Tennessee Titan, um, former Bama State Hornet. He took over the reins at Bama State. Uh, what else? We had Eric Dooley taking over at, at Southern University. Um, it's been a lot of been a lot of moves, a lot of things happening, right? Uh, there are several openings, and uh, I don't think that there was a more coveted opening 
uh, than the one at Tuskegee University that seemingly nobody really knew about. Right. Tuskegee, you're talking about the winningest uh, football team and, and HBCU football team in, in, in the history of HBCUs. You're talking about one, the, the Ivy League of HBCUs, one of them anyway. Um, and so uh, yesterday the news came out that my good friend, Reginald Reffin, who I had just talked to a couple days ago, did not even key me in on this. Um, has been named the athletic director and head football coach at Tuskegee University, a university that he's very familiar with, uh, having worked there under uh, Coach Rick Comagy and then working there under uh, Coach Willie Slater. So he's very familiar with the territory. So, you know, I had to get him on the line. I had to be the first one to get it going, man. Had to be the first one. And so uh, right now, uh, making his triumphant return to the HBCU Report, none other than my good friend, Original Reppin. Uh, Coach, welcome back to the show. Man, thank you for having me once again. Not a problem, man. So let's do a little talk, man. Let's do a little talk. I I, I just happened to be on um, social media yesterday and, and saw the news. And as soon as I saw it, of course, I immediately called you to, to confirm everything. Um but but since since then, of course, you know, the people in the Twitterverse, you know, they some geniuses in the Twitterverse. Everybody in the Twitterverse know every damn thing. That's why I hate Twitter. I hate social media for that very reason. Um, but but let's talk about how this uh, job opportunity became available for you at Tuskegee. Well, it was uh, some conversations in reference uh, um, that the AD position was open uh, at Tuskegee. And um, that there was a possibility uh, of coach possibly uh, retiring or, or stepping down as coach. And, um, you know, that was just some conversations with uh, some administration there at Tuskegee and uh, asked me would I be interested in the position of AD if it came available. Um, so, you know, I just told him I would, you know, that's that's uh, uh, that's home to me. You know, they gave me my first opportunity as a college collegiate assistant coach and um, Tuskegee mean the world, you know, with Kamaji, Coach Kamaji at the time, head coach gave me that opportunity. And then, of course, Coach Slater giving, that, giving me that opportunity to be his assistant head defensive coordinator uh, when I came back to Tuskegee. And so, you know, Tuskegee means the world. You know, it, it means a lot to me. And that institution, it was good to my family. Uh, my son was born and raised there. So, you know, uh, uh, it, it means a lot. So then having that opportunity to go back uh, means something, too. Absolutely, man. Now, uh, during this whole process, uh, you know, had, had you been in conversation with Coach Slater? Uh, yes, I have talked to Coach Slater in reference uh, to that I applied for uh, the position. Um, and, you know, Coach Slater is a man of not many words, you know, but he did. He did say everything was good. Um, and so that was our last conversation, you know, up until, like I say, uh, uh, having that conversation with the president of Tuskegee and um, and having that conversation with her. Absolutely, man. Which is, So, first of all, man, I got to go back because I'm so rude, man. You know we homeboys. You know we talk all the time. Man, congratulations, coach. You know, congratulations to you, man. This is uh, this is huge. I know in our uh, conversations, you know, we have a lot of candid conversation. Um, and I know, you know, that, that you were interested. You've been interested in, and other opportunities. I know you, you've you loved Miles College, but I know that you have uh, been interested in other opportunities. So 
Um, before we talk about that, let's just talk about Miles College and everything that you were uh, able to accomplish there. How um, how difficult of a decision was this for you? Uh, it was very difficult. You know, anytime you can align yourself with the administration, the president, man, I had one of the best presidents that I think a guy could or a coach could ever ask for as as a, as the athletic director, as a football coach um, that supported uh, her students, uh, student athletes, her faculty and staff, and just treated us just like, well, you know, first-class citizen at all time and did what was best for us. And then, you know, the decision of being able to run the athletic department without having any oversights or overseas from other people outside of the president, uh, you know, I saw the president and president, I was directly just uh, me and her conversation. I, I directly reported to her and dealt with her and didn't have to deal with a lot of stuff that a lot of, I hear a lot of my other counterparts have to deal with. And that's, you know, for SAC regulation, that's what it's supposed to be like anyway. You're supposed to have that relationship uh, with your president and chancellor. And, and, you know, and that was that was the tough decision, leaving good people, because, you know, I. I I had not gotten the good end of the stick, the best end of the stick when administrator leave or principal leave and or president leave, you know, the next person come in hadn't always been favorable <laughs> to me. And uh, I thought the same thing would happen when Dr. French left me, which was an awesome and unbelievable president. And then I just was just so worried about the new person coming in at miles and cause it, I hadn't had that, uh, uh, good end of the stick at times. And, but man, when she came in, you talking about hit the ground running, she hit it running, you know, she'd been in corporate America. Um, uh, and like I say, uh, just the facilities and what she wanted to see with facilities and the upgrade fundraising efforts. And, uh, you know, you couldn't ask for a better boss than I had. And that what made it so tough. And then my student athletes, man, you know, uh, those guys on a daily basis, uh, males and females. And, you know, I, I supported them 100 uh, percent on a daily basis to make sure they had everything they need, uh, you know, from from me supporting them, me, you know, making sure they had the uh, right resources, uh, you know, for classroom settings and, and, and whatnot. And, and they look good on the field with uniforms and protective equipment or, or whatnot. They travel good on Mercedes-Benz buses and ate good and stayed in nice hotels. And we wanted to make sure our student athletes get the best experience uh, that they can possibly have before you know before leaving miles and and i'm gonna i'm gonna miss those student athletes man because uh that's what i got up it wasn't about brick and mortar it was about flesh and blood knowing that i was making a difference and they were making a difference and changing uh you know the culture and changing uh you know the society that they would that we live in and because when they are leaving and they leave us they're gonna be better men and women uh that's gonna make a great contribution to society absolutely this is the hbcu report rob calloway on the line right now with reginald ruff and he is uh, the newly hired uh, athletic director and head football coach at Tuskegee University. Just uh, chopping it up a little bit, man. Um, so w when it comes to uh, Tuskegee, you know, what are some of the things that, that they're looking to do? And what are some of the things that, that you're looking to implement within the athletic department there? Well, biggest thing is uh, they've been always been a winner. <laughs> the winning is HBCU. Uh, it's football, you know, in all of uh, black college. And uh, um, Tuskegee has done an awesome job. You know, I, I was blessed to be a part of that with Coach Comedy, and I was blessed to be a part of that with Coach Slater with all the championships. And, um, you know, Tuskegee is a championship program. Uh, it's a championship institution of higher learning. Uh, the degrees and what these students are going to come out in uh, when they're majoring in engineering and, and, and one of the top engineering programs in the world. 
and uh, you know, and then you architect your programs and you know the business world. And the, and Tuskegee is a brand. It's a brand. It's it's a, it's a standard. You know, Tuskegee has a standard. Period. You know, you come here. This is what we're all about. You know, make no bones about it. We we one of the top institutions in the world, and we one of the top uh, institution when it comes to athletically. So uh, that's a brand. You know, and and that's what we tried to establish. That Miles was a brand, uh, changing the culture. What I thought, which I thought we did. But you know, Tuskegee is his history, man. When you talk about Booker T. Washington, George Washington Carver, when you you know you you, you talk talk about the Tuskegee Airmen, man, you you talk about everything that uh, represent that institution, or you know the memories and the history, man. It's it's fertile ground, man. It's 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 top notch, and um, you know you get that degree, everybody knows Tuskegee University, and so and and that makes me. You know, want to be and continue to be a part of something that I know is special because I walk those grounds, you know, checking classes and, you know, and, and on practice fields and game fields. And and so I, I know that that ground is 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 is, is, is like sanctuary, man. It's, it's top notch. And I just give not getting the opportunity to go back and not mess it up, you know, because they have the they have had the success. And I just want to come in and add to it. And um, and change some of the uh, things that they have some deficiency in. We had the same deficiency with uh, no facility at, at Miles College, and uh, and upgraded those facility where we one of the tops in the SIC now. When it comes to uh, athletic facility, and want to do the same thing for Tuskegee. There's no way you can consider yourself to say you mother Tuskegee and the student athlete don't have the right uh, resources they need from a facility standpoint. We got to do better. And, um, you know, I'm a prime believer in that, you know, I think if you treat them right, you do them right. You know, when they are go when they're older and they graduate from that institution, they come back and they give back because they're happy. And that's what we want our student athlete to have the best experience because when they leave and they come back, they're going to give back because they had the best experience. And it's not only just the student athlete, but the institution as a whole, the enrollment, uh, increasing enrollment, man, increasing, uh, you know, the spirit that that's always been. I always call it the Booker T. Washington spirit or the spirit of Tuskegee, you know, just changing the mindset, you know, uh, the game day atmosphere. When that shed is packed, you know what I'm saying? That gym is rocking. Chappie James is rocking. So we want to have all of that experience to come back and get fired up and, and, and know that we got an opportunity to do something special because Tuskegee is the standard. And the standard is that's what we're all about. It's period. This is the standard. Standard is to be great. And we don't settle for anything less. Absolutely, boy. If you were running for president, I'd vote for you right now, boy. You just, whoo, boy, you just sold me on Tuskegee. I, I guess uh, the next question is of the recruiting. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how much uh, recruiting had been done, you know, at Tuskegee prior to, uh, you know, prior to this announcement. But uh, how much work is left to be done in, in regards to uh, high school recruiting? Well, we, the, the biggest thing is we got to find out how to do student athletes currently at Tuskegee did academically, you know, when we make sure we got our benchmark because retention is very important. You know, I, I don't care if they're student athletes, they are students. So retention is very important for an institution, you know, because you want to, you're on recruit, you want to retain and you want to maintain the students that you have. So retention is very important. So I want to make sure how our student athletes do academically this uh, past semester to make sure they're on track because they're here to get an education. So, you know, my biggest thing is this same motto here that I started here that we educate, we dominate, we graduate. And that's going to be the same motto we have at Tuskegee. You know, that you can, you're here to get an education. You're here to get uh, your degree. You're here to earn that degree, uh, gain that degree, get that degree. 
And so, you know, we 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 chasing, we chasing championships, but also we chasing ABCs too. So we want you to get them ABCs and, ch- and get them degrees. So we want to make sure we're doing the right thing that it takes for us to be successful. And I think it's going to happen. Uh, we just got to get the things in place and let the and student athletes know, hey, this is very important that you're here to get a quality education and don't waste your time or don't waste your energy not getting your education. You got you to do your job and do what's right, go to class, make good grades, man, and come out here and dominate on courts in the playing field. And that's what we got to be about, the standard. Absolutely. That's now, the, the standard. Now, you talked about Tuskegee being down. Um, how much do you think uh, COVID actually affected the not just uh, Tuskegee, but the entire conference, the SIAC? It's a lot of things. Uh, you know, anytime you didn't get a chance to be with your team, uh, meet with your team, work out. Uh, you know, you had a lot of delays in that. And so, uh, you know, even for Miles, we had a lot of injuries that I saw injuries. The injury bug hit us. You know, we were down to our fifth screen quarterback at one point in time in the season. And uh, the injury bug hit so bad. And I think the injury bug hit Tuskegee uh, bad, too. And, uh, and that's because of COVID. You know, our kids didn't get a chance like most FCS uh, FBS program where they were there on campus, ate good meals and still worked out regardless they was uh, going to class online or not, but it still got a chance to to do what it takes to uh, prepare your bodies. We were off a whole year, almost two years. So our kids didn't get that uh, that opportunity, uh, you know, to gain the muscles and gain, you know, everything was real fast and up to speed and trying to catch up. And we were in catch up mode. So hopefully and we're praying that, that that is all behind us. I know there's uh, uh, some things that's happening doing with COVID. COVID numbers are spiking again. But we want to just maintain and practice uh, social distancing and wearing our masks, you know, and just washing our hands and just being uh, being safe. And just get back to some normalcy, but we got to get back and get in that weight room, man. It's it's it's, it's imperative that we get back and start to get our body where where it used to be, training our mind, training our body, getting that uh, opportunity to be able to be physical and being able to dominate uh, teams in this conference. Yeah, you uh, you mentioned the word dominate, and and we go hit that in just a second. This is the HBCU report. Rob Calloway hanging out with you <clears throat> on the line right now. Uh, with Reginald Ruffin, uh, the newly hired athletic director and head football coach, Tuskegee University. Uh, coach, you talk about dominate. Um, Saturday, man, you know, we, we're in this whole new wave of, of college football, HBCU football. And, and you know, we talk about it. Um, you know, we're coming off of, of this big game we had here in Atlanta at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium between uh, the SWAC football champions and the MIAC football champions, South Carolina State University Bulldogs. Um led by uh, a good friend of this show, Buddy Pugh. Uh, did you get a chance to, to check out the game at all? Yes, I yes I did. Now, what were your thoughts on, on the performance of South Carolina State? Let me tell you something. Total dominance team, you can tell that they played with a lot of chip. They played with a lot of something that 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 that, that most teams want is that fire. They had the fire. They was hot. They, they kind of uh, rallied around each other and played as a team, played as a group. And, you know, uh, uh, Similar to what Nick Saban said, that rat poison, you know, sometimes the media can really do damage to to the team uh, uh, that the, of, the, of the opponent, which when I say opponent is, you can really get the opponent fired up to play a team because you're giving the other team no opportunity to win the game, no opportunity to be in the game, no opportunity to be successful. You already done handed or maintained or gave that game to somebody. Hey, man, them guys were licking off, licking off at the chops, man. They were – they were – they were – on fire, man. They were getting after uh, Jackson State, man. That was a well-coached uh, 
uh, football team, and they came ready to play, man, offensively, defensively, and special team, man. And my hat's off to Buddy Pugh, man. He did a great job. Those guys did a great job. Hats off to Coach Sanders, too, man, getting those guys there, winning the swag, getting those guys to the championship. But, you know, sometimes uh, celebration bowl, sometimes you get there, you know, it's the thing that, that you got to be prepared. You can't be you can't be overconfident. You need to be confident but not overconfident and that understand that there's an opponent. There's an opponent across that 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 that, that line. And so that opponent is ready to get after you as much as you're ready to get after him. But sometimes you can't read what well, my coach used to say, the sports clippings. You can't read the clippings all the time on the news headline all the time. This game's got to be played. You got to put those pants on one leg at a time. You got to put those shoulder pads and helmet on. And you got to go out there and play. And you got to be out there. You got to go out there and be ready to play. And you can't go out there and do anything that you think the team's going to lay down that you're playing. You know, these teams are, are, are in it for a reason, too. They want the MEAC. They're MEAC champions. And the MEAC beating, beating the SWAC. And it's an opportunity for both teams uh, to showcase uh, uh, who's the best. And I just thought South Carolina State came out with a chip on their shoulder. And, you know, sometimes when you got a chip on your shoulder, man, the underdog, I'm telling you, they come ready to play. And so that what happened with Buddy Pugh and his team. He had those guys ready to play. And those guys had some tears in their eyes knowing that they wasn't talked about and they wasn't relevant. But now they're relevant. Yeah, you're absolutely right, man. It's uh, <clears throat> unbelievable. All of the media that actually converged on Atlanta uh, for one specific team. Um, and, and I was saying yesterday on social media that it, it was unbelievable that days after the game, we were still seeing articles from the national media that were being apologists for the, the SWAC football champions instead of uh, heralding the, uh, the, the, the actual Celebration Bowl champion, MEAC champion, South Carolina State University. So, you know, I, I thought that was a little weird. But, you know, that's me. You know me. You know I'm skeptical of everything and everybody. That's, that's just me. But um, what are your thoughts on this new landscape, <clears throat> if you will, when you talk about uh, coaching hirings and, you know, just being an avid social media guy, you know, anytime there's a, a coaching change in the HBCU ranks, everybody's holding their breath or anticipating it to be some huge splash. Um, like when Southern uh, uh, announced that they were looking for a coach, you know, when Coach Dooley was announced the head football coach, it, you know, Southern people were excited, but the, the HBCU community just kind of was like, oh, that's all you did? Um, when, when Bama State uh, hired um, Eddie Robinson, uh, former linebacker for the uh, Tennessee Titans, former uh, Bama State Hornet, when, when he was hired as the head football coach, it was just like, oh, okay, well, they got an NFL guy, but is that the best you can do? You know, and, well, you, go ahead. Well, you know, Rock, listening to you and on that, on that note, you got to think about, at the PWIs, you know, I'm a graduate of a uh, public white institution, university. Uh, that don't happen. You know, it's never a big name. It's never a big name. It's always a guy that uh, – look at McNeese State. Give you an example. McNeese State. They took Valdosta State head football coach who's been a previous defensive – previous uh, D2 head football coach, uh, has done it the right way, led Valdosta to the uh, national championship game uh, before losing, and have an opportunity to go move up the, the ranks to uh, McNeese State. Uh, take myself, you know, do you think is 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 hurtful? Yes, it's hurtful for me because the way I I was taught, the way I was learning, hey, you got to go be a grad assistant. Hey, you got to go be a college assistant. You got to be a college coordinator. You got to be a college head coach. You know, and kind of work your way up the ranks. Well, we started to do that. You know, original Ruffin didn't get hasn't gotten that opportunity, which y'all told me that was the way to go and what we in the past used to do. 
that opportunity hadn't happened to a Damian Wilson also, mm. who has been successful Division two coach. Reginald Ruffin been a successful Division two coach. And that's what everybody thought. You move up. You yeah, you got the Pete Richardson, the Bill Hayes, all those guys were D2 coaches that moved up to the ranks. And they're not doing that anymore. Now it's a big splash. It's a big hire to each his own, you know. And uh, it's just hurtful because, you know, this is the way we were taught. This is the way we were told that we had to be brought up. And now all of a sudden it changes, you know, and the game or the landscape has changed. Uh, I give you this and leave you with this. Out of all the FBS, African-American head coaches in FBS, FCS, Division II, Division III, JUCO, NAIA, Willie Slater, who has recently stepped down, was the winningest coach when it came to championships because he had six. Mm. That's conference or national championship, six. Reginald Ruffin was second. Damian Wilson, third. All Division II coaches. Mm. Wow. Do your research. Wow. And that's hurtful that we come up in the ranks and do the right thing. But like I say, you know, God is the one that makes it happen and makes it possible. I always tell people, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. And it's going to always happen. You know, uh, no man's going to be able to close those doors, you know. And God's going to always be able to open them. So that's my take on that. And it, it's hurtful. But to each his own. And you look at uh, resumes and resumes, opportunities to, for opportunities, and just doing it the right way. But now is a big splash. But whatever happened to hard work and sacrifice and hard work, dedication, and hard work, commitment, and being a winner or a pedigree, looking at a man's eyes and looking at the work, the body of work, and looking at the pedigree. Who you just set a mile for it in, Coach? I, I'm with you, man. I, I'm with you, man. And you know, um, in this whole uh, transition process that you're going through, you know, I, I'm I'm uh, 100% behind you. You know, I, I'm a bounce state hornet. But as I was saying on uh, Twitter yesterday, I'll have to be down at TU with Coach <laughs> Ruffin. I'm taking my talents to Tuskegee. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, Coach, man, I'm glad to know that you are uh, a little bit closer to me, man, so now I can actually just hop on 85 and make my way on down there and come check you all out. Um, and and once, you, once you get situated and everything, let me know. And we're going to come down there, we're going to record some stuff, and we're going to do some real cool stuff, man. I appreciate it, Rod. You know I do. All right, man. Well, again, man, congratulations to you. And, and just know that I really I appreciate everything that you uh, have done for me, and, uh, you know, I, I, I plan on returning the favor, sir. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Merry Christmas. Absolutely. Merry Christmas to you and the family as well, Coach. And Merry Christmas to you guys out there that are the biggest part of the HBCU Report. You all are the reason why I continue to do this no matter how many times I retire. I'm like a boxer. I'm like a preacher. I'm, yeah, I retired. I'm back. I retired. I'm back. <laughs> so again, man, thanks to uh, Coach Reginald Ruffin and thank you, the listener, because without you, there would be no HBCU report. Coming up, the first week of the new year, we will be back on a regular basis. So make sure that you follow us on social media at HBCU Report uh, for all the goings on uh, with the HBCU Report. And with that, you guys have a very Merry Christmas and an even happier New Year. Gone.
It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway.